Okay, welcome back. Um, I haven't done a live in a while, um, but today I thought it was um, kind of important to do the live today because um, I have an amazing guest today, co-host. Uh, she's like my sister. Well, she is my sister. Um, she's the fifth sister from the Fab Four. <laughs> um, so today I have Janae here with me. Um, Janae is a mom. She's an educator. Um, she has her own blog. Check out Urban Bougie on Instagram. Yes. <laughs> um, so she's doing a lot in 2020. So somebody said 2020 is going to be a double blessing year. Mm -hmm. And I just took that and I was just like, yes. So we're going to hold each other accountable, first of all, um, to get this stuff done. Um, but today, um, Janae is being very like open and transparent. And she's going to, we're going to have a discussion about um, birth from the heart. Um, because a lot of people think that motherhood is just one natural way um, and a lot of women become discouraged if they're not able to, um, conceive children the natural way. And there's so many, um, opportunities and God's purpose on becoming a blessing to a child and the child becoming a blessing to you. So today we're going to talk about, um, just her journey of becoming a mom, um, her journey of going through adoption, and we're going to try our best not to cry. But yeah. that's probably not going to work. <laughs> but um, I'm going to let Janae just jump in and kind of like give you a background of her and her story. And then we'll kind of like, yeah. But um, so I'm reading the comments, guys, but we're just going to like flow through it and kind of, you know, chime in at the end. All right. So I am the proud mom of an amazing seven year old. His name is Carter. And um. I did not give birth to Carter, and sometimes I forget that I didn't give birth to Carter because Carter um, acts just like his mom and his dad, and he looks just like us. So a lot of times, like, it doesn't even, adopting, it doesn't even cross my mind unless somebody says it. So um, I went through an issue with fertility still to this day. I don't know if it was me or if it was him, whatever the case may be. Um, but I fin I got my master's in 2011. And after that, I had been married for two years. And so I was like, all right, it's time to have a baby. Um, even though he and I had been together for a while, we never were like trying or anything. It was like, if it happened, it happened. But after I got my master's, I'm like, I'm in my 30s. I'm done partying. I can't, well, not really done partying, but. It's never done partying. My partying ain't crying, okay? <laughs> so I was like, yeah, it's time. So after maybe about five, six months of trying, um, I decided to go to the doctor. Went to the doctor. They really couldn't find anything wrong. I just had irregular cycles. Um, then they came up with something like, oh, she has PCOS. And they didn't give me a lot of literature about it. Didn't really talk to me about it. Just give me some medicine. I took the medicine. And then I immediately went to go see a fertility specialist. Um, and seeing the fertility specialist, long story short, they couldn't find anything wrong. And... They put me on fertility medication. So I had to give myself shots, which I hated. Um, I had to regulate what I ate. I had to go in every week for blood work and just a lot of craziness. So after that, um, we had one almost tried 
for um, IVF. And then there was some complications. Um, and then they said, nope, you got to come back. So in the meantime, my sister knew someone who was having a baby and she really couldn't take care of her kids. So she already had a kid. So my sister was like, hey, you should adopt this baby. And I was like, absolutely not. I'm not <laughs> taking anybody's baby to come. And then they take their baby away from me. I'm not doing that. That's too emotional. So she was like, well, think about it. So I ended up reaching out to the young lady and was like, you know, I'll help you. What do you need help with? They had no kids. I had all these guy kids. So I'm like, I can't help her. I can have another guy kid. No big deal. So she and I kept in contact. Little did I know. Um, I feel like she planned it because she was like, what would you name him? And I was like, Carter, name him Carter and asking all these questions. So through probably in, so he was born on June 20th. The week after he was born, I was still doing the, um, the needles and I ended up getting sick. So they immediately, Kila will be back. <laughs> they immediately told me that I had to stop um, taking the medication because it was making me, it would make, it made me sick. So um, my blood pressure spiked up. Um, I literally thought that I was having a stroke. So I went, when I went to the doctor, they told me, you can't take this medicine anymore. Um, during our follow up, when we went in, they still couldn't pinpoint why I couldn't get pregnant. Um, they just didn't know. But like I know now because it's just, it was God's way of saying this is how you're going to have a child. So I was at home. I was depressed. I went through a whole thing of depression. And she called the day. So back, let me back up. She called the day she had him and was like, can you come see him? And I was like, sure, I'll come. Um, but I never got around to it, but I had bought him a whole bunch of stuff. So I was like, I'll just get up, get it up there. So then that happened with me having to stop taking the medicine. So by the time he's like two weeks. Um, so during the time I was at home, I was laying on the couch. I will never forget this day. And I got on Twitter. And so his mom, little backstory, um, his mom, she was a stripper. Oh, well, he's a stripper. I don't know what she is now. Um, <laughs> but um, she was using drugs. So I'm just going to be really transparent. Um, and so I'm on Twitter and she's like, I need a babysitter because I want to go to the club. So I'm like, what? So I immediately DM'd her and was like, you need a babysitter? We're like, what club are you going to? So she was going to work. So mind you, this is two weeks. He's two weeks after she's had him. So she talked, we talked, and she was like, well, can you come and get him? So I'm like, okay, I'll come get him. I went to pick him up on a Saturday, and the kid never left. So <laughs> I picked him up, brought him home, didn't know that he wasn't going to leave. So she called him and was like, well, can you keep him another day? And I was like, okay, whatever. So then she called again, can you keep him another day? So I'm like, all right, but I got to go to work, so mm -hmm. you're going to have to get him. So she did eventually come to get him. Then the following week, she was like, can you keep him? <laughs> I was like, all right. Then it was just like dumb, like crazy reasons. Like, can you keep him because I'm going to go to Six Flags? Mm -hmm. Or can you do this? So there was a man involved who was allegedly the dad. And she was like, can you pick him up from him? So I'm like, yeah, I pick him up. I pick him up. The dad is like, she don't know what she doing. And somebody need to take this baby, blah, blah, blah. Baby's three weeks old at this point. 
So then what happened after that? It was just <laughs> so much like back and forth. So finally, she we came up with an, with an agreement. Keep in mind that he is three weeks. Mm-hmm. She's like, can you keep him so I can work? Well, she's a stripper, so she worked on the weekends mostly. Mm-hmm. So she's like, Tuesday, I think it was Tuesday. I would have him Tuesday. Well, she would get him, no, she would get him on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. I would mm-hmm. have him Thursday to Monday. So that was the deal. Lo and behold, we find out the social services is looking for her because the baby um, had opiates in his system. Mm-hmm. So I went through, um, he went through withdrawal. I was there with him as a month old going through mm-hmm. withdrawals. Um so then in August, I've had this baby. He's coming, keeping up with the schedule. A lot of times she wouldn't keep up with the schedule, but it wouldn't mind. And I called Keele's mom was like, I need a babysitter because mm-hmm. I got to work. He wasn't even old enough to go to the babysitter, but, you know, family's going to look out for family. Um, so she started keeping them when he probably was like, what, four, five weeks? Yeah, it was early. It early. was early. He wasn't even supposed to be out. Um so in August, I got a phone call from social services and they said, hey, this baby, uh, we've been looking for this baby. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm going to go to jail. They looking for some of baby. They probably think I kidnapped this Lifetime kid. Movie. Right. So ended up um, going into the meeting. We walked into the meeting. I had the baby. So here I am bringing the baby to a meeting that his mother, his birth mother is already at. Mm-hmm. So I'm in the meeting and they basically told her, if you don't sign him over today to me for guardianship, he's going in the system. So I'm looking at her like, Which sign the paper because yeah. I'm not about to let this happen. We've already bonded. Like I went through like delirium of staying up overnight. Like you just imagine for women who have been pregnant, you're, you don't know you're pregnant, then you have a baby. Mm-hmm. Like, no baby shower, no prep time, no thoughts about what's going to happen or how you're going to take care of this baby, who what doctor he's going to go to, none of that. I had none of that right. at all. So I got him. I had him. Um, then the father, alleged dad, reached out, and then he took me to court because he wanted custody. So I ended up, I filed for custody. Um, it took a while. Well, actually, that part didn't take a while. Um, I got custody of him immediately. The judge let her know, let the mom know. Like, he goes, when she says that, she go, he goes, like, I was in charge. Mm-hmm. So that went on for a while. Um, when he turned two, um, that's when all conversation ended with her. Um, he actually stopped going. I stopped allowing him go with her when he was one. Um, and that was just cool. The court said I could do it. So I stopped. So after that happened, I filed for adoption. And in March of 2017, March 9th of 2017, I um, and his dad received full custody, of uh, full adoption right. of him. Um the adoption process was long. It was expensive. Um, I went through a lot with that um, back and forth with the paperwork. Um, just having to make sure that every 
T was crossed, every I was dotted because the scary part was that he's gonna come, somebody's gonna come and take him away. Mm -hmm. So, and I was just thinking today, remember we went to Deep Creek? Yeah. And I have, so he was supposed to get a uh, DNA test done. So the alleged dad was supposed to get a DNA test done. He did not show up. The mother didn't show up. So they really said he's nobody. Um, so he has a dad now, which is um, the greatest thing ever. But, you know, just going through the process of trying to figure out who his dad is. And that's mm -hmm. a conversation that I'm going to have to have with him when we tell him that he's adopted because mm -hmm. um, he doesn't know. But he is starting to ask questions because he's like, I want to see pictures when I was in your belly and what did mm -hmm. you eat when you were pregnant with me? Like, he asked way too many questions. But it was a um, it was a long, long journey. Like, Kile was there. Like, the whole family yes. was there. A lot of tears. Um, it was scary because during the process of getting adoption and I'm going through a divorce. So, not what I had in mind when we first started, but I mean, it's life. Um, but he has two amazing parents that love, love, love him. Um, so that was our little journey. Yes. But okay. So first of all, I was sitting here having like a couple of thoughts while she was talking because um, the first thing that came to mind was when you said, imagine being pregnant, not knowing you're pregnant. And then here goes a baby. So I just feel like um, when you hear people say it was a it was an argument between when I did the debate about breastfeeding and formula feeding. And I also always see the arguments or the debates about um, did you have natural vaginal birth or did you have a C-section? And I often see like moms like not competing, but kind of comparing and when I think about what you just said is we both, even if you have a C-section or a natural birth, you have those nine months to prepare. You have those nine months to mentally get yourself together. You have those nine months to financially get yourself together. You have those nine months to kind of like figure crap out. Whereas this came like that. It was like that. <laughs> and you became a mom instantly. And to me, that's like way more honored than, you know, a, a mom who had nine months to prepare. So I salute you for, for that, first of all. Um, and second of all, like Nate has always been like maternal. Like, like she says, she has God kids. Um, she has my nieces. She has us as younger sisters. Like she's always been like very maternal. She's always been there to like give advice or um, if I just need to talk, if I need to go out and party, um, <laughs> if, if my headspace just not right, she'd be like, well, Keila, you just probably just tripping, you know, things. But she's always had like that maternal instinct. And so like I, like she was saying, like God, he looks at those things and he knows like who's equipped for what. Um, because I probably, honestly, me mentally just thinking in present time, I probably would have lost it through all of that. Like, oh, it's not meant to be, you know, going through all of that. Like, I would say, oh, this is an obstacle that I'm on for a certain reason. And I should probably just stop and, you know, let the courts handle it. And who's to say, had you had done that, where Carter would have ended yeah, up? Yeah, like, I don't know, his mom, his birth mom. Mm-hmm 
ended up having um, two more kids after, which, let me back that up. Um, <laughs> she asked me to take the baby um, that she had after my son. So I told her I wasn't going through it. The same stuff that I went through with him. I wasn't financially ready. I was a teacher at the time. Mm-hmm. Like I'm on a PG County teacher salary. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, you know, I'll take them, but you going to have to sign them over. Cause I'm not, I'm not going through this. Like I went through a lot with Carter, mm-hmm. like the withdrawals were, was something that I will never, ever forget. Like, I don't know, colic and all that stuff, but to see a baby have withdrawals from a drug and to go to the doctor every time his checkup and be like, so how are these drugs going to affect him? Mm-hmm. And they are like, well, we'll just have to see the older that he gets, mm-hmm. right? So thank God he is super smart, like a little hype sometimes, <laughs> but um, there haven't been any effects. As to the drugs, um, I just feel like we were overall blessed, um, super lucky, because they did get to a point where I was frustrated. I was like, I'm never going to have kids. Like, this sucks. What am I, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. And then here comes this baby. Like, literally, Saturday, I picked him up, and he basically has been with me forever. So what would you say to like, cause a lot of moms, um, I was sharing with her, um, I've come encounter with a lot of moms who most recently shared like, oh, um, I've been told and I shared with you guys, I was told the same thing, um, before I had kids that, oh, I wouldn't be able to have kids. Um, which is probably why my mom was like super excited when I got pregnant. Meanwhile, I was scared to tell her <laughs> at 26 years old. That still bothers me. Like, why was I scared to tell my mom I was pregnant at 26? But anyway, um, it's just, uh, you know, they feel like life is over or they feel like they're not enough or they feel like they're incomplete or they feel like I'm different because I'm not able to. And uh, another woman shared with me that she knows that her partner loves her and she knows that he knows this about her and she feels like it's a fault about her but she also feels like is he loving me regardless but will he resent me type thing so it was just a lot to process because I've never like dealt with it um besides the doctors telling me and then me end up being pregnant but um that's why I started momish podcast because no, me myself have not experienced everything. I've not I've never been a single mom. I've never um been a step parent. I've never like dealt with these things. So I bring on moms and I'm thankful for the moms that come on here and just be transparent. But I will want to know like what would you share with that mom or that woman who feels like life is over or um it's still hard because it's still hard for me because mm-hmm. I have not given birth. Mm-hmm. So even though I am a mom, um, I would like to give birth to a child. Like, I don't know. I might get married again, and but I'm 41. So, like, <laughs> you know, I don't know about having kids when I'm 50, but... Um, Sarah's on the battle. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know what's going on, but it, it is very hard. And I would just say um, to just... Surround yourself with an amazing support system. Um, And then also make sure your support system understands what you're going through. Um, 
because one thing for me that's super hard, but I go to them because I love babies, baby showers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know for a lot of moms that I have talked to that haven't given birth, or a lot of women that haven't given birth, baby showers are super, super hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like the only thing that got me through any of this is just to continue to pray. Like I remember like after we got married and I was in church and I'm like, I'm praying so hard. I probably never prayed hard for anything mm-hmm. in my life was for me to give him a child. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like that's what he deserved. That's what I'm supposed to do. So um, as his wife, that's what I was supposed to do, but just stay in prayer um, get a therapist because I will sit on somebody's couch and talk it out. Um, yes, okay, who's couch? I'm sitting on somebody's couch and I'm talking it out. That's like one of the most important things because it really um, takes a toll on you. Like even though I'm, I had my son and I love him, it's still a struggle all the time. Um, one thing that I struggle with a lot is. When I tell him, is he going to be like, you're not my mother. You can't tell me what mm-hmm. to do. Everybody's like, no, he's not like that. And I, the kid that he is now, I don't think he would be like that. But still, I don't know. You know, you never know. And then also one thing that really, really gets to me is that. So when you leave this earth, when I leave this earth, what do I leave? Like I had my son, you know, but my bloodline, Janae. There's going to be no more blood of Janae running through anybody. And that is something that I do deal with now, like all the time, even though I had my kid. But that's like weird thinking that it stops right here. Like it stops with me. But I feel like I feel like it goes deeper, though, because I feel like um, like for me, when I think about like bloodline, like honestly, like. You know, if that parent, if you have a blood parent that's not present and not putting that imprint on your life, like not saying when they pass away, you're going to be like, well, good riddance. Mm-hmm. But it's like, um, you know, I don't really have that connection. I really don't have that impact on my life because it just wasn't there where that's just that's just a bloodline like but when you have impacted someone's life when you have um put an imprint on them i think that's deeper than the bloodline and i think that you know you will be leaving something behind because that's something that he will always remember when y'all have that conversation because i always say um like step parents to me they are actually stepping up to become parents to somebody that they didn't naturally give a conceive. Mm-hmm. And so I respect that more so because like, to me, that's a whole nother level of like love. And to me, that's genuine love because as a mom, like, listen, I've birthed both of mine. And sometimes I'm like, I don't want to deal with y'all. <laughs> I don't want to be a mom today. I say that. So okay. Nice. I don't want to be a mom today, but like to, to take on that, that role in someone's life that you did not naturally conceive is like pure, genuine love. You're not doing it because I have to do it. I'm, I have to do it. I mean, you have to do it because you you as mom, but I'm just saying like in the beginning, you didn't have to do it. You didn't have to put yourself through all of that 
all of those trials, you didn't have to put yourself through all that stress. You didn't have to put yourself through all of that hurt and pain, but you did it. And like the end, the end game of it all is like this amazing bond. Like, I feel like y'all have a bomb bomb. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, sometimes, listen, I wish I was a single mom because my kids kind of favor the dad a little bit more. Oh, trust me. But we like, I'm going with my dad. Bye. Two dads weekend anyway. Bye. Because, like, y'all talk about basketball. You know, y'all go to basketball games together. Whereas Hunt be pushing me out. Hunt's like, no, girls don't do that. Girls. And I'm just like, I want to be like. But I do feel like I overcompensate. Because I think we all do. Is I think I do way too much, and everybody <laughs> told me, including you, why you gotta buy him all of that? Your mom like, don't spoil that boy. Okay, and I did. Like I definitely, definitely um, overcompensate for um, him because of his situation. Like, but I, honestly, I think moms overcompensate. Like for me. I think a lot of people think that I over maybe overcompensate or overdo it. At least John thinks I do. <laughs> but I do stuff like, like I said, I live through my kids. And so, like, my mom was like, cool, but she wasn't cool, cool. So, like, it was just like, no, y'all not popping up no tent <laughs> in my house. So, for me, I pop up a full blown <laughs> out, outdoor tent and we camping in the living room. And I lived through, like, those experiences with my kids. Like, I had a great childhood. Um, well, I had I had a good childhood um, that I can't complain about. But I also, like, things that I wanted to do as a child, I do them with my kids. Yeah. And so if that's overcompensating. Okay. And you buy your kids what you want to buy your kids. Anything. But, <laughs> but, nay, on the, on the up and up. <laughs> We ain't buying our little kids no Yeezys. Yeah, he wants Yeezys. <laughs> They're in a cart somewhere. I'm gonna listen. <laughs> I don't even want to uh, get into the Kanye thing because that's a whole another episode. Because Kanye, listen, I my sister's on here because she won't laugh. Um, I'm just not here for the whole Kanye gospel album. But that's a whole another episode. Just had to put that out there. <laughs> okay. But, um, okay, so on another note, Nay is also an educator. And, like, how do you balance that? Yeah. How do you deal with other people's kids and then come home to your own so, kids? Yeah, I don't know if you saw my post the other day, but I am an administrator in elementary school, pre K three to fifth grade, 236 children. Whom Woo, Lordy. Trauma, some have trauma, some they have a lot of stuff going on. But I probably am the touch point for 80% of them every single day. Mm -hmm. Like, if I'm not in their classroom, I'm in the cafeteria, like, I'm on them all the time. So, just last week, I was exhausted because I had we had spirit week, and then Carter had a million and one things going on at school, Mm -hmm. and I'm like. He has swimming, baseball, and basketball all in the same week for one week. I literally thought I was going to pass out. So it's super hard. Um, And then trying to balance, like, his homework and stuff. But I stay on him because right, he has to understand he does not have a choice about post-secondary education. <laughs> his 
uh, faith-based. He doesn't have a choice about that. So you're going to have to do these things and get them done. But it is very hard. I am a single mom. His dad hates when I say that. But the reality of it is when he's at home with me, it's just me. It's just you. I can't call and be like, get him. Like, he's doing this. Or I need a break. When he's home with me, it is this homework has to get done. You have to get in the bathtub. You got to say your prayers. Good night. Mm -hmm. So it's really, really hard. It's draining. Um but, you know, I make it happen. I make it happen. And the days he go with his dad, like, I literally sleep sometimes. No, she don't. No, she don't. She don't sleep. <laughs> Most she of turns... the time, I'm sleep. <laughs> she does not sleep. Sorry, y'all. I'm back. But she does not sleep. Um, but that's that's kind of what I kind of, like, respect about, like, your balance, though. Because you do... Your mom stuff, you're an educator, um, but you're also like a friend, a sister. Ready to turn um, up. Ready to turn <laughs> up. Like, <laughs> listen, they even my 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 real sisters, my blood sisters, they'll be like, who let Nate and Keela out <laughs> together? Okay. But I know, like, I'm like, Nate, what you up to? Got some free time. I'm out tonight. What's going on? And we go out and we have a good time. And a lot of times we start off venting we get all of our emotional stuff out and then we have some drinks and then <laughs> adventures start and then we end the night with venting again and and john calling my phone exactly john like see you got her i got her <laughs> but i think it's important because i feel like a lot of moms lose themselves in motherhood and i feel like as moms we also should Hold each other accountable, one, but also um, connect with one another. Like, there doesn't have to be you dealing with this alone. Like, find your person, find your tribe. Like, when I'm, like, going through stuff, like, we have a whole group chat, and we kind of, like, put it in there, and then everybody- Even though Nikita don't like what I say. <laughs> everybody gives their opinion, okay? So- and you got to have tough skin with these sisters. You got to have tough skin because, listen, our dynamics is- Nay has been around all our lives, so she's, like, our legit sister. So she's going to get the unfiltered sisterhood just like the rest of us. And John thinks we're crazy because he's like, y'all crazy because y'all will argue one day and then Jada's FaceTime you the next morning like, hey, what you doing? But that's us. But like, you have to be unfiltered and you have to be uncensored because sometimes we have to take in those unfiltered, uncensored opinions and advice like. You don't, I don't want to hear it all the time. Nate don't want to hear it all the time. Keita don't want to hear it all the time. Keita will legit the leave the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jada don't want to hear it all the time. And it's just like, yeah, we don't want to hear it, but you're bringing it up and you want to hear what we have to say. And we put it out there. But then if I don't want to take it, I don't have to take it. I'll do whatever the heck I want to do. But it's just, to me, I appreciate it because I don't have a bunch of, like, fake people around me just telling me what I want to hear or what feels good and, oh, girl, just do that then. And then I'm in a whole nother world of turmoil and pain and hurt and nonsense that I didn't have to be in. So I just think it's, I think our dynamics is there. Yeah, and that, for real, like, the support from your family from the time I got Carter, like, 
I'm like, Ma, I need a babysitter. What am I going to do? Like, I don't know what to do. What am I supposed to do with this kid? Like, I just don't know what to do. She was like, just bring him. And so he gained himself another grandma, yes. another mama, a bunch of aunties. Um, and then the adoption day, that was super, I was mad I couldn't make super, it. super stressful. We went in um, and the lawyer said, no, it's not going to happen today, but we need your witnesses to come in. So we're like, all right. I wanted everybody there. Like, I wanted this to be like a whole party. I mm-hmm. wanted everybody there. So, because it had been so, he was five at the time. So, we get in there, they're doing their interviews, everybody crying. <laughs> and they're like, you have to get on the stand. And I'm like, boo hoo, tears <laughs> coming out. I, I even think Nikita shed a small tear. Um, <laughs> just a little tear. <laughs> and um, so, we didn't think it was going to happen. And mm-hmm. the judge was like, wait a minute. First of all, let me back up. I did all of the paperwork myself to get full, sole, legal, and physical custody of my son. Listen. I couldn't do the adoption because there were things that I that needed to be filed that I couldn't file. Mm-hmm. Like a lawyer had to file that. So just me doing that stuff, like I I went to school for fashion. <laughs> I had a master's in education, leadership. Like, I don't know nothing about law school, nothing about nothing. But I have a praying family, mm-hmm. praying friends. Like, my circle was with me all the way. Mm-hmm. And when that judge said, wait, I don't need to hear nothing else. Yeah. And we don't need to prolong this. Your adoption is granted. I literally felt like... Like, I couldn't move. I was like, Listen, what? That, see, that's the thing. That's the power of, like, speaking life into one another. Like, I feel like that's what we need to do more so to in today's world because there's so much going on. But, like, they would be like, y'all, I'm not going to get it. The lawyer said, the judge said, we just kept saying, nay, that's your son. Like, that's your kid. Like, it's going to happen. And she was like, I know, but the lawyer said... And it was hard. It was, it was hard and it was different because it wasn't like, hey, here's this little baby and he mm-hmm. want to be adopted. Like, people were literally trying to fight me yeah. for him. The mother, after the, I don't even call her the mother, the whatever she is, she. I'm trying to think of a female <laughs> version of sperm donor. Yeah, like the egg donor. Egg donor. Um, she was even at a point like, oh, I'm going to get my son back. And I'm like, sis. Listen, there's nothing you can do. Like, no one, and I did go through a point where I was like, what if somebody still to this day, like, what if somebody mm-hmm. will come and take him from me? But, um, like, the lawyer has reassured me, like, he's your son. Nobody's doing anything. Nikita said, surrogate. <laughs> well, she was terrible because that baby had drugs in the system. <laughs> so, but, you know, it's, I mean, it's been, it's been, a, a long, long, long journey. Journey, and I know it's still more to come. But like I said, it's the support system. Um, when I get frustrated or I don't know what to do as a mom, I'm like Nikita. Carter did this. What am I supposed to do? You know. Um, so it, it's been hard. But the only thing I can say for like I just feel like super blessed and super fortunate to have this experience. Um, and I know that it's mothers out, well, women who want to become mothers and are like trying to figure out 
how they're going to do it. Like, to be very honest, I never thought I would adopt because I'm like, I'm going to have a baby, whatever. Mm -hmm. But I think that now at 40, I probably, if I didn't have him, I probably would um, adopt. And But just have a therapist because it's tough. It's it's a lot of different emotions that you go through. Um, I think it's a lot of different emotions, period. Mm -hmm. Um, I saw this quote on social media today. It was like, being a mother while trying to repair yourself mentally and emotionally is the hardest thing I've ever took took on. Facts. Because, like she said, you don't prepare for this. Like, And it says, want to be a good mom, take care of yourself. Cry, run, lift, go to therapy, scream, be alone, take a bubble bath, get a babysitter, quit your job, get a job. <laughs> Ride around town, blast your radio, get your nails done. Tell anyone who doubts you to kiss it. Whatever needs to be done, do it. Like, we need to be okay to be moms. Like, sure. No matter how you become a mom. No matter like, how you become a mom. Stepmom. Like, Godmom. God <laughs> those God kids are mad. Listen. Man, let me tell you. <laughs> listen, shout out to my kids, Godparents, because, <laughs> listen. Okay. Right? Because... Oh, this whole episode was about to get ruined by Hunter. <laughs> Let me not say his name too loud because he might come down here. But it was just like a mess. But um, yeah. But I've been wanting to get Nate on here forever because I was about to say something. But I was like, I don't want her crying. I'm not gonna say cry. it. Say it. But I've been trying to get her on here forever because um, actually this season I've been getting. Because you know you can go to momishpodcast.com website and you can submit topics. But I don't know what it is. Um, I've been, like, struggling with being consistent. I've been making excuses on procrastinating. And then my mom is, like, the biggest person. And then next comes Kita, my oldest sister, my second mom. And they're like, when is another momish episode? When is another Mm -hmm. momish episode? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have to find the time. Um, and what's been happening is I've been getting all of these like serious episode requests and it's a lot of moms out here going through some deep stuff. Like, um, I've gotten dealing with, um, premature, um, forgot the word she used. Um, I've dealing with IVF, um, infertility, uh, miscarriages, postpartum depression. Like these are the things that people are sending me. And I'm like, oh crap. I'm like deep into this now, huh? But, and I'm like, I'm not like educated to talk about this. I haven't been through this. So um, I'm just like at a point where I'm trying to get comfortable with approaching people and asking them to kind of share their stories because these moms want to hear this. Um, I had a mom hit me up recently and was like, hey, what about having a mom on to talk about being diagnosed with cancer mm. while pregnant? Mm. This mom was recently diagnosed with cancer and she's pregnant. And mm. I said, crap, I don't know, but are you willing to share your story? And her response was, I'm not willing to share my story just yet because I don't know how to deal with it. But it would be helpful if I could hear someone else's story. And so this whole thing is becoming like a purpose-driven thing because these moms are hurting and they're going through things and they don't know 
who to go to and who to talk to and what to do. And I'm like, okay. But when I reached out to Nay originally, I was like, you know, whatever is comfortable with you, because I didn't know how deep she wanted to go into it, how transparent she wanted to be. But I'm thankful and I'm honored for her, like sharing her story, um, being transparent with you guys and not feeling like I'm less than, I'm ashamed. I'm still going. She's like, she said, she's, you're still going through emotions. We all still go through emotions as humans. Um, but for her to be brave enough to come on during this time to say, hey, I'm going to share my story. I'm going to be that person that steps on this platform and helps another mom out because y'all, listen, <laughs> it just, it just, it just, it's overwhelming because everybody feels like I'm, I'm the only one going through this. I'm the only one that can't have kids. I'm the only one that went through a miscarriage. I'm the only one who um, is going through whatever. But like there are other people. And so uh, Mommage Podcast started off as just like, I just want to run my mouth to people. <laughs> I just want to talk to them about my complaints about being pregnant with this second child that I didn't plan. Like, <laughs> this is what I want to do because my husband won't listen to me no more. That's exactly what I said on the sofa. I was like, you're not listening to me. I just want my own show to talk to people about this because you don't understand. And it pushed to like this whole thing that I wasn't prepared for. And sometimes when you're not prepared for something, you become uncomfortable in it and you kind of shy back. And that relates to Nay as well, because she wasn't prepared for this child and she didn't shy back. She, she pretty much just pushed through. So like, yeah. And, and life got real, real fast. Life got real. It got real. Um, Different obstacles. Uh, my marriage ended and now I'm trying to figure out all this co-parenting mm -hmm. and parallel parenting and whatever type of parenting it is and splitting time between with me and his dad like he's the only time he's never like been with me without me saying okay you can go mm -hmm. is with, when he was going with his birth mom and I was a mess when he would leave, even though he was gone for two days, mm -hmm. I was literally a mess. So the first time he had to go with his dad, like the court said, this, this is his day. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like I had no say in it and I had no say. Oh, I really had say later on, but in the beginning, you know, I just was like, okay, you can go with him. But I didn't realize like we didn't get like in the hospital. I didn't get to bond with him. So mm -hmm. His bad time was our time for him to lay on me, and I had pictures of like I would take pictures of everything. <laughs> the boy had so many pictures. That's what he doesn't like taking pictures now, but I would take pictures and have him laying on me because we needed that bonding time. And mm -hmm. I would ask his dad to do the same thing because he. I talked to a lot of people about adoption and trauma, and he will have trauma regardless. Mm -hmm. um, well, the studies show that he will. Like, he will have some type of, in which he does, like, he doesn't like to be too far away from me and his dad. Like, mm -hmm. which is weird. So, if I'm around, he's kind of like, yeah, she here. So, he, he, I can see those things. I'm not claiming it on him at all. Not at all. But there, there is some trauma that comes with being adopted because if you think about it, like, I was like, he don't know. He don't know mm -hmm. that I'm not his real his birth mother, but I ran into a woman who was adopted, 
And she said she knew. Like, mm-hmm. she looked just like her mother, her adopted mom. Like, she knew. And she said when her mom told her, she was like, yeah, I already knew. Yeah. You know, so it's... um. It's it's gonna it's still a journey. I mean, it doesn't mm-hmm. stop here because there's a conversation that we are have to have sooner than later. Yeah. Um, and I'm dreading it. I think his dad is dreading it, but we're going to have to have the conversation because what I don't want to happen is that he turns 13 and he's like searching, start looking. And yeah. The other thing that you don't have a choice, like you can't start searching until you have finished college. Mm-hmm. And I'm not supporting you, right? Because I just don't, I, I just don't want any parts. But knowing him, I, I don't know. But knowing him, he's so laid back and so kind of smooth. Like he's a smooth kid, so <laughs> he might just be like, "All right, mom, you know, you my mom. That that is what it is." But Listen. he does have siblings. That was another thing I had mm-hmm. to deal with. He has three other biological brothers, mm-hmm. right? So that's something like I never wanted to push them away from them. Like, but I had to set some boundaries. Yeah. Cause if I didn't set those boundaries, people would have been just coming to get my kid all the time and wasn't having that. So he has seen his oldest brother. Mm-hmm. He has spent time with the brother after him. So does he have questions on how they're his brother? He doesn't know. He doesn't remember. I show him pictures. Okay. okay. He doesn't remember. I have showed him a picture of his birth mother and he was like, oh, that's Jasmine's friend, my niece. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, nope, that's not Jasmine's friend. Just so, because I, I I'm always curious, like, if do you remember? Because yeah. we don't remember when we were infants, right? right? So, like, what do you remember? But he doesn't. Um, I don't know what's going to happen um, when questions start to come up. But I had to set some boundaries um, for his safety. Yeah. Um, for the safety of the parents, but the I, other parents. I feel like um, I don't know if y'all watch This Is Us, but like on This Is Us, when they mm-hmm. adopted uh, what's her name, Deja. I feel like like she went through some things, but she was older when she came to them. But now that I watch the newest episodes, it really like touches my heart because like she literally introduces Randall as her dad now, and I'm just like that's the impact that they had when you show that genuine love, like, cause at first she was just like, you know, I have to take care of my mom. Mm-hmm. I have to like do this for my mom. But now it's kind of like, listen, this is my family. This is who I'm meant to be with. So listen, I feel like everything's going to go according. Cause I feel like God blessed you with this child and Definitely. he's your child. And so like, you know, it is what it is. But also, I get jealous about mothers who say, "Oh, they 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 get like say when their kids go away." I used to be pressed for my two <laughs> days a week <laughs> when John and I did not live together when we first had Hunter. Listen, Thursdays and was it Thursdays and Fridays or Wednesdays and Thursdays? Nate was my happy hour partner half the time. Um, I used to I have it kid. up. I would be like happy hour, or I'm asleep, or I'm a Netflix, or I used to enjoy those two days. And now that, you know, we live together and happily married, I can't, I can't send my kids nowhere. <laughs> and I seen a meme that was like, do you ever get the feeling where you want to send your kids to your dad and you realize the dad lived with you? 
That's me. I mean, you send know. Send them to the man cave. And I know John wants to send them to their mom just as equally as I want to do him. But, you know, it is what it is. But I do get jealous sometimes. <laughs> no, trust me. That has been short-lived. The first week, and I made it through the first week. Then I was looking at the calendar, calendar like, oh, yeah. We're going with him on Thursday. Let me call Kile because it's happy hour time. Like, see you, son. Sorry, I love you. Listen. You go. Wait, so... It's next weekend? Okay, so I'm about to get ahead of myself because this weekend is a holiday weekend and this is your weekend, it's, ain't it? It is my weekend, but November the 9th. We're supposed November to be going the 9th. Somewhere. Ladies' night. <laughs> and I, I will find a babysitter. <laughs> Trust that. But um, yes, thank you to Nay for um, coming on. Podcast. So, well, let me say this one thing. Yes, this one last thing. So, on March 9th, 2020, I will be releasing my book called Dreams Come True. Oh. It is about the adoption process that it's about a mom going to the hospital to pick up her baby that mm-hmm. she did not give birth to. It's two sides, a two-sided book. So the one side is on about the mom and the other side is about the baby and how what he's experiencing waiting for his mom to come. So it is with the publisher. Okay. The release date will be March 9th, which is the day that my adoption was final. Okay. So I'm super excited about that. And just follow Urban Bougie on Instagram and Facebook so that you can get updates about that. U-R-B-A-N-B-O. It's U-R-B-A-N-B-O-U-J-E-E underscore on Instagram. Follow it. We're waiting on that book. 2020 is double blessings, y'all. Um, but if you have any follow-up questions for Nay, um, she's open to that. If you have any um, questions or anything like that, um, just uh, send them to www.momish-podcast.com. Um, that email address comes straight to me, but I'll relay the um, questions to her. Um, be sure to follow her Instagram um, Urban Bougie and her personal Instagram because Pretty Girl Inc. Because yes. you can see that's like you can see their relationship, their bond. Um, so I always just like to like follow different dope moms on Instagram. But yes, thank you. Look out for we that book. We made it without crying. We like, made it without crying, and we still got a whole another bottle of wine to finish. So good night. <laughs> <laughs> Thank y'all for joining. Check out the uh, episode on iTunes and be sure to share iTunes and Spotify. Peace. Oh, I feel like I rushed through it, Keelay. Was it good?